The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Now, uh, we will come back to that issue I mentioned of uh, patronage because the Department of Education is to survey parents as part of efforts to encourage more Catholic schools to divest to multi-denominational patronage. The current programme for government commits to having 400 multi-denominational primary schools by 2030. However... There are only 150 as of today out of a total of about 3,000 primary schools. Simon Lewis is a school principal. He's host of the If I Were the Minister for Education podcast. He is with me, as is Alan Hines, Chief Executive of the Catholic Education Partnership. Uh, Simon, I mean, this is a very much an uphill struggle, one would wager, the department is facing. Yeah, I, I'd suggest it is. Uh, hi, Karen. Good to talk to you. Um, I, I suppose this this uh, story, I mean, goes back to 2011, so nearly 12 years ago, when um, it was first uh, touted that uh, Catholic schools uh, would divest uh, a number of their schools to uh, multi-denominational providers, and in that 12 uh, years, um, less than I would say less than 30 schools have actually been divested of the 150 or so multi-denominational schools that are available right now to to families. Um, most of them were brand, uh, new school, uh, schools uh, when the population was increasing. Uh, so to reach uh, a target of 400 uh, would require them to um, divest quite an, a, a number of schools. I think 26 a year would to reach a very, very uh, small target of 400 uh, schools, which would actually be um, a total then of mm. down from 89% of Catholic schools to 83% uh, of Catholic schools in the country. So it's even if they get reached their target, it's not much of a, a success. And why do you suspect progress has been slow? Has there been malaise on the department side or is there just kind of resistant on, resistance on the school and parent side? I, I think there's a couple of issues. Uh, I, I mean, the, the, the main one, I think, for me, is that uh, the whole system itself is doomed to failure. I mean, it hasn't been working for the last 12 years, so why should it continue working? And the reason it's not working, I suppose, is that an area is being identified and the people in the area are basically being told you've such and such, and such a number of Catholic schools, one of them needs to change to a, a different provider. And I don't think the problem is particularly a religious one. I think it's a problem with pitting communities against each other, which school is going to have to change over to this sort of unknown entity uh, when things are kind of going okay as far as the majority are concerned. And that's, uh, I suppose, the second part of the problem is the majority of people are quite happy to send their kids to their local school and the religious part of it doesn't seem to affect the majority of people. The problem is it's affecting a minority of people quite, uh, quite troublingly. Alan Hines, like I say, is the Chief Executive of the Catholic Education Partnership. Uh, Alan, what's your position and the position of the Church in terms of divestment? Yeah, no, the, the Catholic patrons are fully in support of, I mean, this next step, I suppose, in the process, but have been supporting and working with the Department on reconfiguration. It is something we're actively and positively engaged with. Um, but it is difficult. I mean, Simon is right there. Um, it's a difficult process. Um, and, you know, I suppose one of the difficulties is an awful lot of people like our schools, for whatever reason. I So Simon's given his speculation there. But certainly a lot of the recent pilot reconfiguration processes, people didn't just say, well, we like our school as it is and we don't see why it should change. They actually identified aspects, including the Catholic aspect, that they wish to stay the same. Um, now, you know, there's a new step in the process now. Look, people call it a failure. I see, you know, the RT report describes, you know, a process as being a failure, even though like an independent facilitator went in who was appointed by the department 
the same facilitator did two different areas. One of them has resulted in a reconfiguration. One of them didn't. Now, that's not a failure of a process. They went in and engaged with two communities. They got one answer from one community and another answer from another. Now, like, is success to be able to find a quality of engagement to, to fully understand what parents of students and a community wants for the schools in its area mm. to get a, a proper answer to that? Or is success only predefined if a school is actually divested? Um, you, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. we have to, it's it's very easy to say, well, we know what we're doing, so we're going to impose our wish and will on different communities and force change there, regardless how those communities believe. That's not how, in fairness, the department aren't of this view either, but that's not how the church wishes to okay. proceed. So, we're it, trying to do that yeah. tedious, difficult work of working with communities, you know, because we can't just go in and oppose our will on people just because we think we know better. Yeah, and listen, the, and I, the department are surveying people now. It's not the first time they've done it, and, and, and I guess the shortcomings of these surveys have been uh, the, the, the moment theory meets reality. Uh, and in broad brushstrokes or in abstract terms, everybody's in favour of divestment. And then, as you both acknowledge, when it comes to their own local school that their kids are in, they say, well, actually, we're kind of happy enough the way things are going here. So, I mean, if, if for Alan, Simon, if for Alan kind of, one of the ways you, you, you get closer to the target is maybe you redefine what success looks like. Um, what might bring us closer to, to that target in your mind? Yeah, I, I, I mean, it's, it, I suppose I'm not sure if I'm answering your question, but I mean, what I suppose you have to ask, what does success actually look like? Does it does success uh, mean we have a lot of um, re- uh, denominational schools or we have uh, schools divided along religious lines? Or do we actually look at what, what does a, a successful education system look like? And uh, does, uh, do, should, we, uh, should we look at patronage at all, as, as the big elephant in the room at all? Like, why do we provide education through private uh, partnerships with whether it's churches or whether it's ETBs, whether it's Educate Together or anyone else? Why, 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 are we, why is the Department of Education effectively outsourcing education to private providers? Surely success might start with, let's examine patronage mm. uh, in itself and well, why, why we're doing that. Alan? Well, I mean, you see, in Ireland, the parent is a primary educator. Schools exist to educate students on behalf of those students' parents and families. Now, that, that's our legal framework from the Constitution. Again, we don't have a kind of a top-down, the state imposes one, one type of education on everybody. The whole idea is that schools exist to serve families in the education of their children. The, the church is there because at one time and still today, many people want the church to be involved in education. And where people want a Catholic education for their children, and by the way, that isn't just Catholics. Some non-Catholics want Catholic education. Some Catholics don't want to go to a Catholic school. That's fine. That's a parent's right. You know, that's their right. But where, where we are wanted, we will continue to support schools. If we have a community that no longer wishes to have a Catholic school, then the Catholic patron will engage with the department mm. to, to investigate moving on patronage. It, it's, it's just it's just to do with where, you know what is the view here? Who do schools serve? And you know is it going to be a kind of an elite top down we know best thing, or do we actually engage with communities to find out and families to find out what they want? Um, now, I just I think that's a very important point, you know, because it can get lost in all this. Now, I'd say there are other parts of this, Karen, as well. Like you have areas like Arklow, where at the request of the department, the Catholic patron um, amalgamated three schools into two. That is not an easy process. It required years of negotiation to free up another school that it could be divested on. Now, the department has never followed through on that. We have another area in a satellite town outside Dublin where a large school, 16 teachers, about 400 pupils, 
um, the Catholic patron was approached, would he add, would he consent to the adding on of another eight teachers, effectively a whole other school onto his school? Now, the point was made, why not just have another school in a growing area and give it over to a multi-dominational patron or some other patron? But that wasn't supported and pretty much against the objections of the Catholic patron, that school is now increasing to, to a 24-teacher school. So again, the state is making its own choices here as well. And like the Thonishta is correctly pointing out that our population is growing. It's growing in certain areas, it's reducing in others. But where it's growing, like mm. that's where the state should be coming in and investing in new schools, understanding that, yes, uh, a plurality of school choice is something to be valued yeah. and getting in and building new schools because that's the other side of the equation. And there's a whole failure, I suppose, right across from health to housing, but yeah. also in education to and properly uh, invest. S- in, s- in Simon, Simon, there's also the argument is that, that like we're still culturally Catholic, uh, you know, a lot of people, despite maybe not going to Mass. And evidence for that is that when kids go to their local school, there's very, very few. There's more than in my day, but there's still very, very few who sit at the back during religion religion class and don't partake in the sacraments. The majority yeah, still is, still kind of go along with it. Yeah, which is nice for the majority, but I don't think that's uh, particularly. I, I I imagine Alan would agree with me on this that it, it might well it might not be very satisfactory for me uh, and my and my family who don't have a, a choice of what school to go to. No, but I I, I, I suppose I wasn't bringing it up as an argument in favour of the schools, more as an explanation <laughs> as to why people maybe are are slightly resistant to change that. You know oh. that they still have that. Um, cultural Catholic connection. Oh, I, I imagine you're right. I mean, I, in fact, I, I, I'd be quite certain that you're right that most people are nominally Catholic or culturally Catholic. And uh, but to me, I mean, what we're what we're looking at, we're looking at a public service that's uh, only that's open to you know people who aren't quite very Catholic, who uh, but are Catholic enough to go along with things. And it just seems like a ridiculous. Uh, sort of si- uh, system to run uh, a public service, and I, I suppose my argument would be is, well, what about what what about having a public service that's available to everyone, and uh, and not have any child sitting at the back of the class, or not have uh, any family having to open up their own school? Uh, it, it just, you know, you wouldn't do it to the guard stations, you wouldn't do it to the fire service. You know that if I have a fire in my house, I have to call a you know an atheist uh, fire fire service. You know, I just get a fire service. So I, I just think we we need to look at why why are we separating schools along religious lines, and why not just have a local school where everybody's welcome mm. and everybody's included all throughout the day. Uh, Alan, I guess that's a kind of a version of the if you were designing a system from scratch today, this isn't the system you design argument. Well, it might be the exact system we design, but I, I would hope any system would actually value a proper pluralism in society and would recognise that there's, there's no kind of um, ethic from nowhere that we can actually imbue into a school, that every school is going to, every education is going to come from some ethical point of view. So Catholic school provides a, a, an ethical point of view from a Catholic point of view and it imbues the school. In fairness, the Educate Together schools have a very definite ethos as well that imbues their school. It's a slightly different ethical view from the Catholic one, but there it is. And some parents prefer that, some parents prefer the Catholic view. I, I mean, I kind of admire sometimes Simon's great desire, kind of a neatness of mind that would like everything to be neat and tidy. I'm quite actually ha- you know, happy dealing with the kind of messy reality of human life and understanding that you know, sometimes pluralism requires a little bit of messiness because that's the only way to properly evaluate it. Um, and a kind of a, a bland uniformity across the system is very unappealing for me, you know. Yeah. Um, just one other thing I'd say that is causing a, a definite difficulty in areas where... Okay, very quickly happening. though. I will, but you have parents who are told, okay, there's three Catholic schools here. 
if we divest one of them, are we guaranteed that our children, our Catholic, you know, we're Catholic families, that our children will get into a Catholic school? The answer to that, because of legislation brought in by Richard Bruton, is no. Because he, he directly, and only for Catholic schools, prevents them from prioritising enrolment for Catholics. And that is a block, because the, the status quo then, well, sure, we'll keep our three Catholic schools, because that's the only way to guarantee access. So we are going to need, I mean, if the state is serious about this, it needs to look at that legislation again okay. and, and look uh, at amending it. Alan Hines, Chief Executive of the Catholic Education Partnership and Simon Lewis, a principal and host of the If I Were the Minister for Education podcast. Thank you both very much for joining me uh, on the show. One listener says, I'm a Roman Catholic married to a Church of Ireland person. Both our ancestors built our schools and churches. How dare these people who are generally anti-religion like name on our schools? Why don't they put the same pressure on the state? Somebody else says if the majority are happy and the majority are not trying to change, then why are we doing it? I know a number of people of religions other than Catholicism who are quite happy with the Catholic schools. Why should the majority be forced to move with a minority? But this listener says school and and religion should not be connected whatsoever. Schools should be non-denominational. And if parents wish to pursue religious education, they can choose and do that on their own time. It's also not just about students. I'm a teacher. And I do not want to work in a Catholic school. My employment opportunities are very limited. With 89% of schools being Catholic, 69% of Ireland or less is Catholic, so the figures do not match. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from 4 on News Talk.